At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle, free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Ravenslayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school, but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values, Around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Lady Boy Chi, a sex expert, a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. You're listening to another edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. I am Ladyboy Gigi and I have Paul with me tonight. Hey guys. (laughs) And tonight our topic is on masturbation. And I know for a lot of people, masturbation is kind of a taboo topic. It's rarely talked about, but throughout the ages, people have been masturbating, both males and females. And I know there's a lot around it that we don't discuss it, we don't talk about the things that really get us turned on through fear and through just social conditioning, I think, to a large extent. But I find it interesting that, and this is part of my studies in sexology, is that people really learn about their bodies first through masturbation, most of the time. 
And you can't really know how your body, sexual body works without masturbation. I mean, you can learn with a partner, but it's awkward and it's hard to communicate what you want when you don't know what you want. <laughs> and I know for me, <clears throat> when I first started masturbating, and I started at a very early age, even though I couldn't come, I couldn't reach orgasm, but I loved those tingly feelings. And then when I learned that it was supposedly bad and wrong, I said, no, this feels too good to be bad or wrong. <laughs> and I was kind of hooked for life. And I think a lot of people throughout the ages have practiced the art of masturbation. In fact, in Taoism and in Tantric beliefs, masturbation is encouraged and looked at as a very meaningful way to really learn about your own sexuality and be able to communicate that to your partner. Any thoughts, Paul? Yeah, when I started masturbating, it was before I could even really get an erection. And when I first started, I it was mostly just pressure laying on my stomach and pushing my genitals against the bed and things like that. And then as time went on, I learned different things that I could do. And actually, the first time I ever had an orgasm, it was a very unique form of masturbation I can't really do anymore, where I would hold my penis by the shaft and I would push down and kind of turn it inside out, and then I would masturbate more like a woman does. Uh, and it was incredible, but I stopped being able to do that after uh, I started getting erections because it wouldn't stay in with an erection. But that process of like self-discovery and learning about myself was really, really incredible for me. And I got a lot out of it. I was lucky enough to not have a lot of shame around sex in my family life. So when I started masturbating in earnest, I didn't have a lot of the negative programming that so many people have to deal with growing up. And I think that that went a long way to me not feeling bad about it as I grew up. It's kind of interesting because, and I'm going to throw in a few statistics and scientific facts here and there as we do this show tonight, because I think it helps dispel some of the myths. But even infants that aren't even born yet, both male and female, They've done ultrasounds and found that even pre-born infants masturbate and fondle themselves and play with themselves. And it's part of the process of discovering our bodies and how they work. And I think that oftentimes we think, especially if you grew up in a strongly religious family and 
there's so many religions that are anti-sex and anti-masturbation. It was like masturbation should be celebrated and really looked at as a form of bringing you to a higher state of consciousness. It's like when we masturbate, we become more f present with ourselves. And with mutual masturbation, which we'll get into a little later, you can become more fully present with the partner as you masturbate either in front of each other or masturbate each other. Masturbation can really give us so much insight into our bodies and how they work and how we feel sexually as sexual beings. I know I started at a very early age and really enjoyed being played with. I used to play doctor a lot with other kids and enjoyed exploring sexuality because, like I said, by the time I found out it was supposed to be bad, I already knew it was too good to be bad. <laughs> and I just followed what felt right. And there's a primal side to masturbation where we can really kind of get into touching ourselves and exploring our bodies. And a primal part of us can wake up. Doesn't always, but I discovered that pretty early on that when I just kind of followed through and let myself go, I would be exploring all over my body and feeling those delicious, tingly feelings that just kind of got me all, ooh, baby. <laughs> but it did touch something very primal within me that I think calls to all of us uh, to some degree or another. I know for me, um, especially since I started training with you, one of the things I've really gotten into with masturbation is masturbation without the goal of orgasm and also exploring different levels of being aroused and of arousal and playing with those different levels. A lot of times when I'm on my own, I'll play with my nipples or one of my other erogenous zones, and I'll get myself semi-worked up without having to go through and then masturbate completion. Or I'll do things like I'll, I'll get really turned on and look at pictures on Reddit or even watch some porn, and I will bring myself to a certain level of arousal and then stop masturbating and just ride out that feeling and a lot of times I'll masturbate for a little while and then let it completely die down and I'll get distract myself watching something on YouTube or something like that and then go through the cycle where I'll masturbate for about 10, 15 minutes, and then I'll let my arousal die down, and 
then 30 minutes later, I'll get the urge to touch myself again, and I'll masturbate for another 15 minutes and then let it die down. And playing with different levels of arousal and not needing to come every time I masturbate has really changed uh, how I feel about my body. And it's really helped me like explore some of the different levels of arousal. I know that the last time I had someone that I was dating, a lot of times we would fool around and do a lot of foreplay and then get distracted watching something and just kind of lightly stroke each other and then we'd have sex for a few minutes and then one of us would make a joke and we'd start laughing and then we'd cuddle and then again like get into heavy petting and might have sex again and it'd go back and forth without it ever needing to be that like either of us had to have an orgasm. And I think that was a very healthy way to approach sex and sexuality. And I think that playing with these different levels of arousal on my own helped foster that kind of sexual relationship with another person. And I think that if you haven't experienced that kind of sexuality with a partner, it is one of the most bonding and beautiful ways to be with a person I've ever found. And you touch on something that's really important, and that is that sometimes people don't feel much desire and don't feel that uh, really interest in exploring sexuality at first. And one of the things I discovered real quickly was that we don't have or don't have sexual energy. We generate it. And there are ways we can raise our level of sex energy if we want to. And sex is very complex. It's more complex than we've ever been taught. In fact, like with learning, we all have a primary learning style. And it could be auditory or visual or tactile kinesthetic or emotional based or even other forms that we learn best by that one form. Well, I think sex also plays a similar role. There's like for me, I can do phone sex all day long and it doesn't do anything for me. But visually and tactile, kinesthetically, ooh, baby, I'm getting hot. <laughs> and so I think partly it's learning which is our primary sense for sexuality, what really kind of gets us the engines revved up, so to speak. <laughs> I think another thing that's important to recognize is that Sexual energy is a form of energy. Sex is energy. And it's something we have to work with. It's not something, like I said earlier, it's not something we either have or don't have. 
we generate it or we don't generate it. And that's kind of good because that gives us a choice. We can if we want to. I'm not saying that if you don't feel much desire that you should or shouldn't. You're who you are. But if you feel like you want more at some level, or you feel the calling, there are techniques to raise that sex drive, that sex energy, and really get more in tune with your body. Any thoughts? Yeah, you were talking about different things that bring about arousal, and I think that that's really important. I think sometimes people feel like if they aren't really into like looking at porn or looking at photos that there's not really aids out there to help build up arousal. And I think that a lot of times people, I know that for me, one of the things that gets me really hot is doing online role play with words or or reading erotica because like stories really uh capture my imagination and writing erotica and reading erotica is really important for me and i think just like a lot of people have taboos around uh, masturbation and things like that the idea of reading erotica people think of it as smut and like really lowbrow and some of it is and there's not really a problem with lowbrow i don't think but some of it is really well written and is a lot of thought is put into it and there's a lot of people that are really into different kinds of fandoms that help them out. Uh, I've got a lot of friends who are furries, and they draw erotic pictures of anthropomorphic animals, and that's the thing that really gets them off. I think that a lot of times we aren't encouraged to really explore the things that arouse us, and I think that that's one of the important things that one of the things that we do in the work that we do is giving people permission to kind of explore things that they've never had permission to explore before. And I think that taking some time and exploring different avenues of arousal is a really important practice to get into. And if you've never been given permission to explore those different modes of arousal, I'd like to give it to you now. And you touch on one of the myths out there that desire has to precede sex. <laughs> and it doesn't. I mean, I practice erotic affirmations every day. And there's times when I start out totally cold I'm not really into it. I don't feel sexually aroused. But then I start using fantasies and using storytelling or just touching myself and seeing myself and looking at some of the art that I have in my bedroom. Things like 
sculptures of penises and vulvas and looking at, I'm not that big into porn, but a lot of people are. Porn is one of those things that doesn't do a whole lot for me because, well, for the most part, a lot of the porn was not quite my cup of tea. <laughs> I always thought porn should be more artistic and I found that modern dance was more pornographic in certain ways than really hardcore porn. It got me going. <laughs> so whatever floats your boat, we're all kind of wired differently. But I think the myth I'd like to break is that you don't have to have desire to have good sex. The desire will come as you build up that sexual energy. And that kind of gets into the concept of the kundalini. The kundalini is the sleeping sexual energy within each of us. And oftentimes it lays dormant, sound asleep. It does in me once in a while, believe it or not. And I'm real big on sex. I always have been. But there are techniques to use to start awakening the kundalini within us. And then the desire follows after we become aroused. So it can be, and sometimes desire can come first, but it doesn't necessarily have to. Any thoughts? Uh, yeah. I know that you've done a lot of study into uh, different ways to work around sexual stumbling blocks, especially like physical. I know that for me, there was a long period of time where I had, I was really self-conscious of uh, the fact that I had a problem with premature ejaculation. And so it made me not even want to masturbate because it feel really good for a couple of minutes and then I would come and then I would feel so much shame around coming so quickly that it almost wasn't worth it to to masturbate because the feeling of pleasure that I felt th through the masturbation was less than the amount of shame that I felt by coming so quickly. And I know that like working with you and like working on instead of like being focused on orgasms, focused on the way that I was feeling and doing different exercises, like not even being allowed to touch my genitals and stimulate myself and get myself really excited and really aroused without touching myself. And through a lot of different exercises, I was able to overcome my problems with premature ejaculation. But I I also like to think that if I had never overcome that problem, that through the work that we do, I would still have been able to overcome my shame around it and find ways to enjoy the process of masturbation, even if I still had problems with premature ejaculation. So if there are any listeners out there that have um, specific issues, maybe around like ED or P 
people who have like nerve issues or, or things like that, what are some pieces of advice that you would give someone who's going through issues with their body that turns them off of the idea of masturbating? I think a lot of times we're so hung up in our culture on performance. And I've even enjoyed having sex without an erection. It can feel very pleasurable. In fact, I love it when I get a blowjob and I'm not erect yet. Usually it gets hard way faster than I want. And I can't <laughs> calm it down, but... <laughs> But if you're on medications that give you problems with erections, a lot of high blood pressure medications and, and some of the psychotropics out there interfere with being able to get erect. And this applies to both women and men. I mean, a woman's sex drive starts amplifying with erections. And yes, women do get erect too. But er erections aren't necessary. And premature ejaculation, like Paul said, can be overcome just by working with the sex energy and bringing it out of the genitals up into the rest of the body. And that's the point of some of these exercises, is to refocus not on performance, but on pleasures. And being able to reach higher and higher pleasures and I think that's one of the keys is we get so up in our heads on performance, we it's a matter of focus. When we lose focus on the pleasure we're receiving, then all of a sudden everything goes south, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I know that training under you has really completely changed my sex life. And... One of the things that you told me early on is that, you know, if I kept up with my training under you, that I would have the best orgasms of my life. And at the time, it sounded really weird because orgasms are always pretty nice. Like, uh, they feel really good, and it's hard to imagine them really improving, but through some of the different techniques that I've learned with you through like learning about how to redirect my sexual energy. Like you said, uh, redirect that energy away from my genitals and throughout the rest of my body and to really be inside of my body while I'm masturbating and not up in my head and, constantly analyzing things, it really changed the the quality of my orgasms. And it gave me a new appreciation for sex energy and, and masturbation and things like that. So I know that we have done many, many shows, and then the various different shows that we've done, there are different pieces of information that can be found to like work on a number of different things. But uh, what if someone is looking for some easy resources to start on that journey, what, 
resources would you suggest they seek out? I think some of the really good resources are things like the Kama Sutra, reading it and studying tantric sex and Taoist sexual techniques. And these can each lead to different ways to stimulate your body that you may never have even thought of before. I know I learned a lot when I started studying Tantra and started studying, I read the entire Kama Sutra, which is an, a manual on how to become an adult. And it, it's not just about sex, it's about becoming a good character, figuring out routines to really develop yourself into a fully functioning human being. And some of it is very sexist. It was written in a time when it was male-dominated society. But if you can read between the lines a little bit, a lot of it still applies to both men and women. You just have to get over some of the sexism in it. I think another area that can help a whole lot, and I do training films on raising sexual energy I do training on how to do morning affirmations and, and working with your own mind talk and improving on what you're telling yourself. Mind talk's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And if I tell myself I'm a sexy, gorgeous person, and I tell myself that in my mind talk enough, all of a sudden I start believing it and I start doing things maybe subconsciously that help me become a more sexy, gorgeous person. And I've got many examples from my own life because at one point I felt like, oh, who would ever want to have sex with me? I'm just a scrawny little kid. <laughs> and it turned out that Oh no, there, there's a beauty in my body. And, and oftentimes we look at beauty from a Hollywood lens. And so that's another area that training can help. Because to feel sexy, to have good sex, you have to feel a little bit sexy. I know I did. And so one of the processes I went through was body image healing. And looking at my body is not through this Hollywood lens, which is unachievable, but through a whole different lens and realizing that the body is beautiful in both form and function. And I tell you, when I go down on a guy's cock or when I eat pussy, I see the beauty in the genitals, and, and in the person, and how amazing our bodies do work. And it's, once again, a matter of refocusing, looking at how can I bring more pleasure to both myself and to my partners, and how can I help them bring more pleasure to themselves and to their partners. And so I think that's a big key right there, is being able to look through a different lens, different focus, 
and changing your mind talk if it's negative. We tear ourselves up, or I know I did at one point in my life. That was my own worst enemy, in a way. (laughs) It sounds like a lot of what you are talking about is gaining an acceptance of yourself and an acceptance of the things that you enjoy. And I think one of the stumbling blocks a lot of people have is, especially people who come from more religious backgrounds or just more conservative backgrounds, is not being able to accept the things that really turn them on, whether that's same-sex attraction, whether they're a straight person who really likes anal play. You know, a lot of men uh, have issues when they realize that they like anal stimulation because they think of themselves as straight and they think that anal stimulation is inherently a gay act. And I think that a big part of really learning how to maximize your pleasure while you masturbate is being able to fully accept the things that arouse you and turn you on. For me, I know I've always had issues with the concept of humiliation because of some of the trauma that I went through. But I know that it's not every time that I masturbate, but I know that I had to accept that even though I have trauma wrapped around the idea of humiliation, sometimes it really turns me on. And one of the safest ways for me to explore that part of my sexuality without re-triggering myself, because I still do have issues wrapped around it, is solo masturbation because it's a safe place and everything that I'm doing to turn on that like thing in my head that that gets me off around humiliation I'm doing it internally and I'm not gonna accidentally overstep one of my bounds you know but I had to do a lot of work to even get to the point where I could allow myself to to start exploring that and masturbating to these themes because I had trauma wrapped around it. And I think that a lot of times when there are kinks that we have, a lot of them are born in trauma and i think that that masturbation is that masturbation and fantasy are a, a great safe place to start exploring some of those kinks that are b- born out of trauma i'd like to say that there's no such thing as a right or wrong fantasy i think the way i like to look at it is As long as it's between consenting adults and I'm not causing harm to self or others, it's good. And even in my fantasies, I can have imagined scenarios where I'm causing harm to another person. But as long as it never 
I don't act on that, but except to fantasize about it. Whatever gets your rocks off, whatever gets your pussy wet and hard or your dick wet and hard, go for it. Because there is no right or wrong fantasy, just as there's no right or wrong emotion. It's how we act on them that makes something right or wrong. If I get angry and lash out at somebody, it's the behavior of lashing out, not the anger itself. And I can take that same anger and rechannel it to more constructive things and produce change in the world. So it's what we do with the anger or the fantasy that can make us a better person, can help us reach some level of catharsis, and can really open up new doors for us. Well, boy, the time goes fast, doesn't it? <laughs> it's station break time. And I'd like to remind people that I do have training videos and... I even do sex coaching, and check out my websites. I've got ravenslayerleather.com, and I also have ggwilbur.com. And then for those that want to really start exploring interactively, we have the virtual Aphrodite's Temple once a month, where you can come and play a little bit. And... You can even keep your camera off if you want to. We do it on Zoom. You can just do it vocally if you want to. Uh, there's a lot of people that do get turned on to the auditory sex. Or keep your camera on and or watch others if you're into the visual sex. And you can touch yourself. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Another area that really got me turned on big time was dance. And I mentioned that earlier, but I think that's one of the things I really loved about the pagan community was that we'd have the revels fire, there'd be drumming, and we'd dance naked in the night by the fire and enjoy all everybody's body. We had big people, little people, all shapes and sizes, colors, you name it. And when people are dancing, I've never seen someone that really looks ugly dancing. Now, there's some people that can't dance better than others, and that's a stylistic thing, and that's something that can be learned. But even the most crude dancers were still beautiful to me. And I like to kind of bring these things up because so often we become so judgmental. We live in a very puritanical culture in the U.S. that's got that heavy work ethic and, oh, you should be working hard and suffering. You shouldn't be enjoying pleasure. That's 
sinful and bad and wrong. <laughs> well, guess what? I found that by exploring the pleasures of the flesh, I've been able to become more mindful and focused. And for me as a dyslexic ADHD person, it has done incredible things for the way I can exist in life. It's given me the ability to slow down a little and really be in the moment and be fully present with other people. And I think that's one of the byproducts of masturbation and sex in general, but especially with masturbation, is that I can always enjoy the pleasures of the flesh with myself. I enjoy it with others too, but... And I think that's one of the things that's so interesting in sexual development is that it's through masturbation that we really truly learn how to become sexual beings. Any thoughts? Yeah, you know, I was wanting to go back to an earlier thing that I brought up. With masturbation, it gives you an opportunity to explore things. And I think one important thing to understand is sometimes you'll explore something that intrigues you and you might find out that you're not really into it. Uh, and I think that masturbation gives us an opportunity to try out these things and test out these things in a safe way where you might get embarrassed if you tried it with a partner, but if you try it by yourself, there's really no harm in just finding out you're not actually into it. If the idea of anal stimulation turns you on, but you don't really know how you're going to feel about it, by practicing it at first by yourself, and I would definitely suggest going back and listening to some of our podcasts about anal sex or taking our online course about anal pleasure uh, to know how to attempt it with everything. Sometimes the first time isn't when everything comes together. Sometimes it takes a couple of three times to, to try something, especially if it's something you feel self-conscious about or or something like that. But by practicing these things alone during your masturbation time, and what I tend to do when I know I'm wanting to try something new, like in a solo scene, I will get myself really turned on and I will focus on other things and I'll get my sexual energy built up really, really strong before I start exploring the new thing. And it's hard to feel self-conscious when, like, you're already really turned on. So that can help you get away from the feelings of being self-conscious. And then I try out the new thing, and I normally will try something two or three times. And most things I try, I find that there's at least some level of enjoyment of it. But, you know, I'm a freak, so 
that that makes sense. Uh, but there have been a couple of times where I have tried out different things and just found out I really wasn't into the, it. But by doing that in a safe place where I was by myself, I really didn't have to, to risk that much to try to explore these things. And when I have found that I'm really into it, then I can kind of incorporate that into my sexuality with other people. And I think you bring up a real important point, and that is that, and we said it earlier, there is no right or wrong in fantasy. And through fantasy, it can be awesome to explore some of these things. But one of the things I'm a big advocate of is safety first. If you're going to explore something new and unknown, learn what you can about it first. I cover a lot of different sexual behaviors and sexual activities and go into a lot of detail on safety and how to do it correctly. And learning the, our sexual anatomy is very important, for, especially for anal sex. Because if you don't know the anatomy well, then it can be painful, and it can be messy. <laughs> to me, sexuality is an art. It's a learning process. We have to learn a lot of information to really have an incredible sex. If we just go into it blind, we're going to be fumbling, and it's going to be awkward, and it's going to at best, and at worst, you can actually injure yourself. I've heard of people doing some of the th things that at the surface probably looked good at the time, but wound up being a threat to physical health. So it's good to learn about behaviors first. Yeah, and and also with everything, I'm I'm a big believer in Starting slow, you can always ramp up in the future. Since anal sex is a, a really good example, like the way this might look is starting off exploring externally and then learning the proper techniques. There's an exercise that Gigi taught me that I always use now where uh, if you are going to insert something in inside of yourself or have someone else insert something inside of you where you like squeeze your ass muscles really tight and then you uh, relax them and then you push out and then you squeeze and then relax and then push out and then as you're inserting the thing in you don't ever force it in you let like, you can feel it as it's happening. As you do the push out, and then it will, like, help guide whatever the thing is inside of you. And always start small, either with your fingers or a very small toy or something like that, and then build up from there. The one problem with solo exploration is there's not someone there in case something does go wrong to help you out. So especially with exploring things 
alone at first, it is important to start slow to really know what you're doing before you ever practice it and build up before you're really going like full bore. Another element I learned early, early on was setting up the environment for good sex, for good solo sex, for good masturbation. Turn off the cell phones. Light some candles. Create ambient lighting. And put on some music that you enjoy. If you go into sex tense, it's not going to be good. Tension is a big monster when it comes to sex. It's going to gobble it up. <laughs> but do the things that can help you relax. Take a hot shower first and have a clean body to work with. These are little things that nobody ever told me, but as I discovered some of these techniques, they really helped a lot. Just creating a sexy, special environment. Like I say in my room, I've got sculptures that I did of the phallus and the yoni, the pussy and the dick. <laughs> And I've got a painting, a, a portrait of me in the nude in the bathtub. And I've got all this erotic art around me. And so create a conducive environment for your masturbation time. And it, if, it's, if you've got kids, and create a little sex chest where you can put it, pack it away, lock it up, and then bring it out for your solo time. And that can be very exceptional, but do make time for it. I know in our busy culture, oftentimes we put sex on the back burner because life gets complicated. And we schedule everything else. Why not schedule some good sex time? Any helpful hints? I remember one of the exercises you've had me do in the past, and I know that it's something you've talked about quite a bit, is taking yourself out on a date beforehand. And all of the things that you would do to get ready for a date, grooming and hygiene and the kind of like working yourself up to be impressive to another person, like go through that and then Go do something really nice for yourself. Take yourself out to eat. Go do whatever it is that really makes your heart sing. Like go to an art exhibit or go to a movie. Whatever it is that you really enjoy. And do it with intention. Do it knowing that you are taking yourself out on a date. That you are treating yourself the way that you would want someone else to treat your, you to because it helps like reinforce that this is something that you are worthy of that you are worthy of affection that you are worthy of love because when you are, are masturbating you are making love to yourself and if you come at it from a place of complete self-love, 
and complete infatuation with yourself, I think that it's a lot better when you do it. And just like you were saying, really invest time. I think a lot of times when people masturbate, they they either have a, a, a schedule, like they either masturbate before they go to bed or in the morning. And it, it's fine to have these like times that you, you normally do, but take some extra time out of your week and one special day dedicate several hours not just to having a good masturbation session but to really treating yourself well before you you start pleasuring yourself to feel worthy of it to feel worthy of the affection and and really love yourself as you go through it and that's practicing extreme self-care. It's loving ourselves and treating ourselves better. And I know that for me, that started changing when I changed my mind talk. When I started telling myself I'm a good person, that I'm lovable, that I'm sexy, all of a sudden I started doing some of these things for myself. And before that, I wouldn't have even thought of it. So it's important to really take that time, as Paul said, make love to yourself. Don't just get your rocks off. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I like to do that once in a while myself. But sometimes I like that luxurious time to really make love fully with myself and take myself to that state of ecstasy that I've taken many partners to, and I do it for myself, and it makes good training ground because we can learn through this process not only how to pleasure ourselves better, but how to pleasure another person better. Like I said, sex is an art. Masturbation is an art. And oftentimes we think of masturbation as just stroking it and getting it off. <laughs> and that gets us to another part of this, what I wanted to cover tonight, is some of the tantric techniques and Taoist techniques. There's a whole series of Taoist genital massage techniques that you can use on both the vulva and on the phallus, on the cock and balls. And it's learning different pressure points and how to apply the pressure points to the genitals that brings amazing stimulation and takes you to deeper and higher levels of sexual ecstasy. And it's learning these techniques. It's not something I can just kind of teach over the shows, so to speak, but I do have a whole workshop on the Taoist genital massage that can really help you discover different ways to really take sex to the next level, to take masturbation to the next level. And it's something you can do mutual masturbation. One of the things I've often suggested to couples that come in and that need some guidance and 
in learning how to have better sex with each other is to have the partner take their partner's hand and masturbate themselves and vice versa. And that teaches you through tactile kinesthetic means how much pressure you like and where you like it and how you like to be stroked or touched. And it gives a whole new dimension to masturbation. And it's also really hot when a partner takes my hand and uses it to get themselves off. And I learned so much through the technique. Any thoughts on that, Paul? Yeah. When you are learning about yourself through masturbation and you're learning about your partner through having them use your hands to get them off, you can also talk through it. And just like Gigi was talking about earlier, some people learn better through tactile kinesthetic. Some people learn better through hearing things described. Some people are better at doing things visually. I think that taking time, and there are tons of resources online that we were discussing the sexual anatomy and like how important it is to learn sexual anatomy and going through and paying attention to sexual anatomy and finding different videos on how different stimulation works and different techniques. And if you have a partner, watching these videos with your partner and giving them feedback on like, oh, I really like that, or that doesn't, that's not my experience, or like, everyone's body is a little bit different. Like, some people like more stimulus, like, uh, on their shaft. Some people like more stimulus on the tip of their dick. Some people are really into stimulating the balls. Some people and like especially with vagina having people like how far back the g-spot is and like how sensitive the the labia is and some people with vaginas don't like direct stimulation on their clit and need you to kind of rub with the hood and some people like a lot of direct stimulation but only after they've had their G-spot played with a little bit. And learning these things about yourself and about your partner can lead you to have better sex all around. I think it applies to both men and women. How fully awakened the Kundalini is plays a role in this. I've had the sequence of events. It's like... Now, boys, usually it doesn't take a whole lot before they're hard and going and ready to go. But for a lot of women, and there's a lot of some men, that it really takes awakening that kundalini, that sex drive, that sex energy, to really awaken parts of the body sexually. It's not something that's always awake. And I, I knew one girlfriend that 
she loved for me to start on the outside and work slowly in on the pussy and loved it when I would just barely travel my tongue between the inner and outer labia and tantalizingly tease around the clitoris. If I went directly for the clit first, she would have been screaming at me. <laughs> I've had other girlfriends that, oh, you got to go in for the clit first <laughs> to kind of waken things up. So we're all, and I've had boyfriends that if I went down on the head of their cock, they would have been screaming. Others loved it on the head straight off. So we're all built a little different. We're all, we all awaken a little different. And I think you struck on a really key point is communication is key. But uh, also through masturbation, we can learn how our own sexual response system works, what gets us fired up and turned on. And the way to learn that is through practice and through playing with ourselves and exploring our bodies physically and sexually and really discovering what does turn us on. I know that one of the areas that I found on my body that I got super turned on with, there's a couple of them, but one is my underarms and one is my feet and toes. They just get me so hot and bothered when stimulated. And there's so many different, it's kind of like an orchestra. You can have pianos and flutes and violins and all these different instruments. Well, I kind of think of the body that way. I'm going to play the cello over here for a little while and then play the violin and then the magical flute. Ooh, baby. <laughs> uh, Cocapelli. <laughs> for those that don't know, that was... Uh, one of the deities in Native American lore who played the flute and gave blowjobs and had lots of sex everywhere he went. <laughs> but I think part of what I'm trying to say is that we are all built differently and we we aren't born with this kind of knowledge of how to work with another body. We have to communicate that to each other. So I think that's, and we have to discover for ourselves how our bodies work. Wow, we're already to the top of the hour. <laughs> Any last thoughts? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that in learning your body and being able to identify what it is that you really enjoy, that and masturbation is a great way to do that through doing that you are able to share with your partner what you really like and by encouraging your partner to masturbate and learn the things in their body that they really enjoy and encouraging them to communicate with you you can really build up a, a stronger and better sex life I know that I had a partner for a while who had 
issues with feeling self-conscious about about my sex drive when they would find out that I was masturbating it would kind of offend them because they were wondering why I wasn't trying to be sexual with them and they didn't understand that like it was just a different thing I it didn't like I was still very attracted to them and I really enjoyed having sex with them but masturbation just gave me different things and at the time it was hard for me to communicate that like I was having issues with premature ejaculation and I was actually trying to work through my issues with premature ejaculation so like I was masturbating to be able to have better sex with them but I didn't have the language at the time to explain that to them so I think that communication is very important and I think that like understanding what your body enjoys and what you enjoy is also very important and also paying attention to what your partner enjoys is very important. And I forget where I saw this, but I did see an interesting statistic. And this was kind of intriguing to me. For adults that were studied in this study, and these were older adults, one of the things they reported was that masturbation occurred more frequently than partner sex. And they got more out of masturbation that helped them become better lovers. And this was a study done back in the Kinsey era. <laughs> but oftentimes, it's through masturbation that we can learn so much, not just about how our bodies work, but about sexuality in general and how to better communicate that. Now, I know there's a lot of fear sometimes. We th think, oh, if I tell my partner that I'm into butt play, what, what's my partner going to think about me? And we think, oh, they're going to judge me harshly. That may or may not happen. Maybe they're into it too. And there shouldn't be any judgment around sexual activities as long as it's consensual. And we should be able to talk about it and say, hey, this is something I'd enjoy. Are you into it? And every other endeavor in life, we communicate. What do we want? What, where do we want to go? But when it comes to sex, we're kind of blindsided through all this stigma and and just non-communication, this fear around it. And so if you're listening to this show and you have a partner that kind of shares a secret desire with you, don't be judgmental. Say... Even if you're not into it, say, thank you for sharing that with me. I'm not into it, but I want you to enjoy it. I know my partners, a lot of my partners in the past, I've told them some of the things I'm into, and 
I go, oh, well, that's kind of weird, but if you're into it, go for it. I'm not. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. What is wrong is when you become judgmental. Oh, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> but anyway, we're at the top of the hour, and I want you to... Really take in this show a little bit. Give yourself permission to bring forth the pleasures in your own flesh. Experience your own sexual body. It is a gift from the creator of the universe, Mother Nature, whatever made us. We were designed as sexual creatures. We were given genitals. And so enjoy the gift. Take part of it. It's not something that's wrong or bad. It's something that somehow in our cultural evolution got really twisted around in bad ways. <laughs> Any last words? Okay. Well, have a good night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Explore your bodies and Bring pleasures to yourself. You deserve to have a pleasure time. You deserve to have self-love and love of others. And one of the things I discovered was that it wasn't until I could love myself fully that I could love another person. So it really opens the door to being in a very deep and bonding relationship to be able to pleasure ourselves first. Have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual. <laughs>